Well, hey, First Church, uh, good to have you with us, whether you are uh, here on Saturday night uh, at Steve's, or <laughs> St. Joe campus or over at uh, Benton Heights, uh, join us by video, uh, or uh, I'll be over at the Steve's campus this weekend uh, as well. But anyway, we're glad that you're here. Uh, I know Pastor Kevin from uh, Benton Heights campus, he's up at uh, Warner Camp, so pray for him. He's uh, preaching uh, this weekend to our uh, high school uh, our high school retreat, so excited to, uh, about what God's doing. Uh, Benton Heights and up at our retreat with our, with our young people. Uh, well, we've been in this series called uh, Storytellers, and last, last weekend, a great weekend, uh, but many of you uh, had a, probably weren't able to, to be with us because of the snow, or maybe you're out of town, and just wanted to invite you into something. We, we've been, we talked about praying, praying for people that are far from God, uh, and so we really wanted everybody to, to join us in what we're calling 360 prayer, which is uh, thinking about, God, who, would, who are three people, uh, or groups of people, whatever, that you could lay on my heart that over the course of the next year that I can pray for? So three people, uh, three people, I pray for three people six days a week, and I miss zero opportunities to share. So God, when you open up an opportunity uh, for me to share your love, maybe share my own story of the difference you've made in my life, or share the story of Christ, or, or to just share, share your love in some practical way, I'm not going to miss an opportunity. So zero missed opportunities. So pray for three people, six days a week, zero missed opportunities. Encourage you, and at each campus, you can find out how to uh, be a part of that. There's little cards. I encourage you to, to get one of those cards that's a reminder uh, that, where you can fill in the names, and it kind of reminds you of uh, what 360 means. And on the back, there's a great scripture. I encourage you to memorize as well. As we think about praying for, there's nothing more important than we can do than pray for people that uh, need Christ in their story. Uh, now, uh, also want to say, maybe there might be some of you that, when you think about that, the person that uh, that really doesn't have, maybe you're here and you would say, well, you know what, I'm not, I wouldn't really consider myself at this point a follower of Christ. But you're you're open, you're a seeker, you're willing to explore the things of faith and who is Jesus. And so I just want to say how say to you how glad we are. That you're you're here and, and and you're with us and encourage you to continue to seek and what I would love for you to do is to take one of those cards and just write the word me m e me and turn that in and we would love to be praying for you I know that God would love to be a part have an integral part of your story and as you understand who Christ is and what Christ has done for you uh, we'd love to pray for you the other thing I'd say is at each of our campuses we're going to throw up uh, a slide that has the email addresses of each of our campus pastors, myself, Kevin, over at Benton Heights, and then uh, Chris at Stevensville, uh, and would love to uh, have a chance to connect with you. And so send us an email if you, again, are kind of on this journey and you're seeking and would like to have a conversation with someone, we would love to have a chance to sit uh, with you, listen to you, and then to see how we could help you understand, uh, you know, uh, Christ's love for you and how that uh, impacts your life personally. So I would love to have that chance. Uh, well, we're in this uh, series, so let's jump in, called uh, Storytellers. And over the next two weeks, so this week, next week, we want to give you an opportunity to just listen to some advice that's real practical. Uh, so we'll move from the land of talk to land of do. Here's some things that hopefully will be real uh, practical uh, as you think about being a storyteller. Because Christ told us in Matthew 28, I want you to be my witnesses. I want you to be my storytellers. I want you to, to share the story of Jesus uh, in your world. And so we're taking seriously this call, this mandate, this, this ask from Jesus to be his storytellers. And so here in, uh, uh, in the Bible in, in chapter 8 is an awesome text because it's a story of someone becoming a Christian. And so 
First century storyteller by name of Philip accepts an assignment to be a storyteller uh, to this guy. So let's hear his story, and there's some great things I think that we can learn uh, through this story. It says, now an angel, this is Acts 8, verses 20, verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. And so he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. So the story begins with this guy by the name of Philip, this first century storyteller who gets a nudge from God through an angel to go uh, basically out in the middle of nowhere and to, to, to be a storyteller to this guy, this Ethiopian eunuch guy. Now, uh, just as an aside, I just want to, just because this is a really cool thought that I want to share with you, I want you to think about that this story is a picture of the heart of God. It's not a story where uh, God sends somebody to preach to the masses, to the, to the huge, a huge number of people, to the thousands who have gathered in this place or that place. It's like on the day of Pentecost. It's not a, not a, a story where uh, God shows up in someone's dream and, and they uh, are told to go to some place, some region like Macedonia when, when Paul is told, hey, come over here. And so all the towns and all the cities that needed Christ saying, hey, go preach to this region. It's not uh, Paul the apostle where he's uh, tasked by God to go and plant churches, a string of churches all through Asia. That's not what we see. What we see in this story is not God uh, going to the masses. What we see in this story is God coming to, uh, saying to an individual, someone as an individual that's seeking, uh, God sending someone to that uh, individual person. So, and so when we think about we think about this, this story that uh, this guy, here he is, a thousand miles from the promised land. A guy that comes from uh, what would have been in that first century a pagan land. Not one of the chosen people. Not from a godly family. But this is just one individual guy that in God's, uh, in, in God's sovereignty, this guy was so important that he warranted God sending one of his storytellers to reach out to him with the good news about Jesus Christ. And so that should be a great, great, great reminder to every single one of us that we matter to God. God loves the big numbers, there's nothing wrong with that, but what we see in this story is that God has a heart for an individual. That God loves people as individuals. He cares about you and it's a great reminder. God's word is true when God's word says that if you seek him, you will find him. And so what we see in this story is a guy that was seeking after God. And I love those stories around our world where we're hearing about pockets around the world where there are areas or regions that are closed to people coming in as missionaries or as witnesses of, of Christ. But because people are seeking, God is showing up in those places even that are closed to the gospel. Uh, and I heard just last year that People are coming uh, to Christ in large numbers from countries that are close to the gospel through dreams. That God, uh, Christ is showing up in dreams, drawing people. And it just goes to show that that scripture that says that, that God will, will, those who seek him will find him. God, that's what God's up to. It's what God's up to in our world and it's what God's up to in this story. So, we go back to the story. And here's Philip. And he gets the word from this angel to go down to the desert, this, this desert road in, in the middle of nowhere from uh, this road from Jerusalem to Gaza. Here's a picture of what that road uh, kind of looks like in the middle of nowhere, kind of between Jerusalem and Gaza. Uh, that's, this is where God sends uh, Philip. And just like this is probably 
very similar kind of look. There's nobody there, and God sends him there. And so what it reminds us of, it, it reminds us of is that storytellers are always open to a new assignment. Philip was open to his new assignment as a follower of Jesus. And he goes, he doesn't hesitate. In verse 27 it says, and so he started out. So, so God taps him on the shoulder. He gets this message. I want you to go down to this in the middle of nowhere in, in the, this road between Gaza and Jerusalem. And so it says, and so he started out. He didn't know specifically what all his assignment was going to be, who he was going to reach, or what, any of the particulars of it. It's kind of like this secret mission. He gets the first part of it, and he just he goes, goes and does the first part. And so he shows up. And we see, think about, we think about our own lives and our own lives as a call that we have to be his storytellers. Is that we need to always be open to the new assignment that God has for me. Philip was willing to put his own agenda on hold. Uh, he was willing to uh, lay his personal, what he had going aside so that he could accept this assignment. So what do you need to set aside to accept the assignment to be a storyteller? Uh, are, are you willing to take seriously, like Philip was, the assignment to the call to be a storyteller? So as you ask yourself the question, where is your assignment? Who does God want you to reach? Are you willing to, to accept the assignment to reach someone with his love uh, uh, with his grace. Let's go back to the story. It says that in verse 28, that on his way home, uh, he was on his way home, this is the, the eunuch, that on, and on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. And the spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. And then Philip ran to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. So here's this, this Ethiopian eunuch, very important guy. We see that from, the, from what it, all that it says about him, important guy. He's serving in the dynasty of the queen of the Ethiopians in that, 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 that succession of, uh, of queens. He's been, Scripture says that he's been to Jerusalem. It would have been very expensive to have traveled that distance, but he's been to Jerusalem with a purpose. It tells us what the purpose was, that he had gone to worship. And we know also that here he is, he's sitting, uh, and just imagine, you know, he's this real rich, important guy, you know, he's, uh, he's sitting there in his Escalade with the sweet rims, and uh, he's, he's reading the book of, of Isaiah uh, when Philip shows up. People didn't just have copies of uh, the Bible in that day. There, this is before the printing press, he didn't have, uh, there weren't, uh, I mean, these, this would have been an expensive copy that had been copied letter by letter, word by word, by hand, and yet this guy willing to give, uh, uh, go to tremendous expense to have God's word because he's seeking after God. Great lengths, gone to great uh, expense, great sacrifice on, this, uh, on, his road, on the road now back to uh, where, where he had uh, been in Jerusalem to worship in search for God. And so Philip shows up in the desert in the middle of nowhere, nowhere and here he is he's he's sitting there in, in in the chariot and he finds him reading the book of Isaiah and the spirit tells him hey I want you to go over there and so the nudge then the next part of the the mission okay he, he he's obedient to the first part of the assignment and now the second part I want you to go over there where that guy is uh, in that chariot and so what we see is that storytellers secondly value listening to God 
he listened to God. When God said, I want you to go to the, in the middle of nowhere and, and hang out there until I give you the next part of the assignment, and then he goes there, and then God says, okay, now I want you to go over to this guy specifically. I want you to go to this guy where, where he's reading uh, out of Isaiah, and he goes there. And in the same way, we need to listen to God. We need to be in conversation with God all the time. Uh, so that, and it may not be some big audible voice where God says, David, I want you to go, and, where you hear it in kind of that way, but just a, a nudge. Of, you know, I just get this sense that I should, I should pray for that person, or I should uh, pick up the phone and call that person, or maybe I should, I just get this sense, I've had this person on my mind, and so I'm going to set up a lunch, and we're just going to chat or talk, or, or, or I just have this sense that there's a person or, or wherever I should go to a place, and, and I don't know what, God, you're going to do next, and, but you're willing to do the next part of the assignment. You're willing to, and you value listening to God and trying to discern what God wants you to do. And that's what we see in Philip. He was obedient. Uh, uh, maybe I mentioned that one of the things I put down on a card was a new friend. I, I want to, I've got some other people I'm specifically praying for, but I just, I'm praying, God, I prayed this morning, God, would you give me a new friend, someone that is not in my life right now, but over the course of the next year that I could I could befriend, that I could uh, be helpful to, that as you open up doors of opportunity, that I could share uh, my own story and your story and the story of Christ. And so uh, storytellers value listening to God. Secondly, storytellers value listening to seekers. Uh, The Ethiopian guy, he was seeking God. He's sitting in his chariot. He's a long way away from home, uh, on his way back to home from Jerusalem, Philip goes, Spirit kind of nudges him to go over by the chariot, and so he goes over there, and, and, and I want you to check this out. Here is, because I want you to notice what Philip says to the guy. Uh, I mean, Philip had, I'm sure, some great theological training, and it's about to be used. I mean, here he is, he's, he, he's a storyteller, yeah, he's prepared, he probably think, you know, imagine all the evangelistic classes he's taken, all the memorization, all the methodology that he has, has memorized of different ways to reach out to people. And so I want you to listen to the deep, theological, really difficult question that really probes the deep recesses of where this guy, this Ethiopian guy is. Listen to what he says. Are you ready? What are you reading? That's basically the question. He's like, do you, know, do you understand what you're reading? And so I was being sarcastic before. We don't have to be theologians. You don't have to have all this methodology under your belt. It, it's, it's, it's coming into someone's life and, and getting close to someone and just being willing to listen. And what was going on in this guy's life is he was reading Isaiah and he didn't understand. And so Philip just takes the opportunity and he just asks him a simple question. Uh, do you understand what you're reading? Do you understand what you're reading? Nothing, nothing deep about that. He doesn't, when he approaches, when God says, I want you to go over to that, to that uh, chariot, notice he doesn't come uh, with some canned approach and, and say, uh, you know, something he'd been taught in a class. Not that there's something horrible with that, but the, the, the thing that he does first is he listens and he hears this guy is reading the book of Isaiah. And so he starts out with where the guy is and he figures it out from there. He, he takes the, the conversation from where the guy is he listens to the guy. When you think about the, the, the way that Jesus interacted and the way that he, uh, when you see him, like with the woman at the well or the woman who'd been caught in adultery or Zacchaeus or the rich young ruler, on and on and on. 
when he has spiritual conversations with people, I want you to notice that the, the conversation is never the same. It's always based on where that person is. And so a storyteller is going to listen to where people are. It was said that uh, Francis, it's been said that Francis Schaeffer was once asked how he would share the gospel with someone if he only had an hour. And Francis Schaeffer said this, he said, well, I'd, fit, so I'd spend the first 55 minutes listening and then the last five minutes talking. Because only then would I know how I need to share the gospel. There's some tremendous truth. Storytellers value listening to God. Storytellers value listening to people, to seekers. Now, we go back to the story and we see he asks him this question. Hey, do you understand what you're, you're reading? Do you get it? Do you understand it? And this is the reaction then. This is what the guy says back to him. The Ethiopian says back. He says in verse 31, well, how can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. And so he invited Philip to come and sit with him. And the eunuch was reading this passage of scripture. It's from the prophet Isaiah. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before the shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. And the eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about? Himself or someone else? So here is this guy. He's not understanding what he's reading. Philip walks up and God absolutely, totally opens the door to share. Obviously, God's been working in this life. We, uh, last week we read that scripture that talks about that it's God that draws men to himself. Obviously, this guy, God had been drawing him and this guy had been seeking. He'd been looking for God. And he'd been on his way. He'd been to Jerusalem. He'd been in worship. He's been in God's word. He's seeking after God. And here, this is, this is, a, interest, this is a cool point, great thought for us. God uses people to save people. God uses people to save people. We see that pattern throughout the New Testament that God prompts someone to go have a conversation, to go reach out, to share the gospel, to share the good news. And here we see in this in this scripture that 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 happening. And so that next point, storytellers trust God to open the doors. Storytellers don't kick doors down, but storytellers trust God to open doors. When Philip left Jerusalem uh, on this assignment, it was pretty fuzzy what he needed to do. He was just going to trust that God would open the next door, that the next part of the journey would be uh, made, made clear to him. And so he goes to this, out in the middle of nowhere, to this desert road, and then, and then God opens the door. He goes next to this chariot where this guy is sitting, reading, the, reading the Isaiah the prophet, and he asks him the question, and notice the door flies wide open in his response to Philip's question when he says, you know, how can I understand this? Here's what I'm reading, but, but I don't get it. Can you, can you explain what this means? And Philip, in obedience, walks right through this open door. The perfect passage for this guy to be reading to tell the story of Jesus is this Isaiah passage. It's a prophetic passage that, that gives us a picture of Jesus as the Lamb of God who's giving his life uh, for the world, offering his life up as, as, as a lamb to the slaughter. 
And that was this wonderful open door for him to share the gospel, and he does. And so in verse 35, this is what it says. And then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. So Philip, again, he starts where the guy is. He doesn't start with this canned evangelistic approach kind of a deal. He starts with where the guy is. He answers the guy's question, uh, the thing that is, he's interested in. And I love what it says that he told him the good news about Jesus. So storytellers, this is an important point, start with what Jesus did. I love that. Philip, Philip says that he tells him the good news about Jesus. And, you know, sometimes we can really get off in the weeds real quick with people. And we can start telling them all the things they need to fix in their life before they come to Christ. And, and we can get off on kind of that subject matter. But what we see that Philip does, Philip starts with what Jesus did. And storytellers start with what Jesus did, not with what, what, with what we must do or what they must do. Another way to think about that would be that storytellers focus on the message and not the mess. Sometimes we want to we start with, with someone that's far from God or someone that's, that's struggling in their life and they're, they're kind of open to some spiritual things because there's some things going on, some difficult things going on in their life and we want to focus on helping them fix those things instead of, let, let's, let's start with Jesus. Jesus is the subject. Let's, let's tell them about the difference that Christ can make in their life and what Christ did for them. And that's what Philip does. He shares the good news about Jesus Christ. Do you remember what Jesus told us to do? He says, I want you to be my witnesses. And so I want you to think about that scene. Where, where does a witness, where do they do their work? In a courtroom. Jesus said, I, I want you to be my witnesses. A witness is one who, he tells, he tells his story. He, he, a witness tells about what they've seen, what they've heard, what they've experienced. Uh, all too often, in the, the, if we think about that courtroom kind of scene, uh, instead of being the witness, what we want to do is we want to play the role of the judge. We want to play the role of the jury. We want to play the role of the prosecuting attorney instead of the witness. And we can very easily slip into being judgmental. You know what? Barna did a, did a, did a survey not long ago where he said that 90% of young non-Christians saw Christians as judgmental. Jesus clearly said we are not to judge. That is not our job. Now, now that's not to say it's not that we never judge. Well, actually, what Scripture says is we shouldn't judge people that are far from him. We shouldn't judge people that are non-Christians. The people that, under certain circumstances, we can judge are actually fellow believers, or we can kind of hold each other accountable. So that's okay. But we, have, we were never told that our job is to judge the world. Now, that's a whole nother, different subject of, of when it's okay to judge. But, but we were clearly never told to judge the world. That's not our job. We shouldn't try to be the jury either, because the jury is the one that, 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 that convicts people of whatever. Uh, conviction is not our job either. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Or we really enjoy, this is one that we really enjoy, is think about the courtroom kind of idea. We really enjoy being the prosecuting attorney. You're guilty, and I'm going to prove it, is kind of our mode. That's not, that's not our role. Our role is to be the witness. We're never going to argue souls into the kingdom. As storytellers, 
our, 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 our personal story of what Christ did for us. That's, that's compelling. That's what, we, that's what we need to share. My, here was my life before Christ. And then I had this realization that I needed Christ. And, and here's the circumstances that, were, that was going on around that time. And now let me tell you about, here's how my life is different now that I know Christ. And, I'm, and, I, and, and I'm not, everything's not perfect, but, but I'm on this journey with Christ. And here's what's going on in my life now. So there's that story. That's where to be a witness of what Christ is doing in our own life. And then we're also to be a witness of who Jesus is, of Jesus himself, and telling our world the story of the good news of Jesus. We really don't need to make it complicated. The verse that uh, I would encourage you to memorize as a storyteller, uh, it's a real simple verse. It, in this one verse, the entire gospel, good news about Jesus, capsulizes the one verse. It's Romans 6, uh, 23. And it says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's real simple. Memorize that verse. And so when, when, I mean, you can tell your story, and that should be a, a part of, as a storyteller, what we do. Uh, just here's the difference Christ is making in my life. But there also might come a time, just like Philip. Uh, Philip, we don't see him telling his own story. But what Philip does, he tells the story of Jesus. That was where the guy kind of was and what he needed here in that moment. And there will come a time when, when we might need to tell someone the story of Jesus. The story of Jesus. If you have this one verse, you can tell the story of Jesus. For the wages of sin is death. Here's, uh, we have a problem. I have a problem. You have a problem. When I was a teenager, when I was 15 years old, I realized that I had a sin problem. And I needed to, that I couldn't take care of for myself. And so here's what Jesus did. And here's a key word, but. So yeah, the wages of sin is death. We've got this problem, but God brought a solution in Jesus. Jesus came and he paid our debt. He took what we have earned because of our sin, the wage of sin, what we've earned because of our sin, and he paid it off for us so that we don't have to. But it's a gift. And if you're going to enjoy a gift, you've got to open the gift, you've got to accept the gift, you've got you to, yeah, yeah I, I want the gift. And so God gives us a, a chance to accept that gift, to respond by faith and believe that Jesus has done what Scripture tells us he's done. Uh, that's what we must do. And as, so as, story as a storyteller, we need to know the basic story of Jesus, the basic story of the gospel. Now, if you get into some advanced stuff, you know, get some help. I'd love to help. You bring them to church with you and bring them to a Bible study or whatever. But, but we all need, you may not be able to get into all the advanced kind of material, but we need to know the simple story of Jesus, just like Philip told this guy. Here's the end of the story then. So it says that they traveled along the road and they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here's some water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? And he gave the order to stop the chariot and then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. And then and when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. This guy is so excited. He's so excited about the good news that he's heard about Jesus that he can't wait. And obviously, Philip had, had shared with him the importance of baptism. Had shared with him the importance of, of these steps of, uh, in his journey with Christ. And so as a new Christian, as a new believer, someone who'd responded to what Jesus has done by faith, he, he says, hey, I, I just want to be baptized right now. Can we do it right now? And so he orders the chariot to stop. And they both get out and he baptizes him right there. Along the road, which brings us to our final point I want to share from this story is that storytellers encourage next steps. Storytellers encourage next steps. 
Philip had shared the story of Christ. He obviously, uh, along the way, on his journey, he had accepted Christ. He put his faith in Christ. And then uh, he obviously had said something about the important step of, uh, in your faith journey of being baptized. And storytellers encourage next steps. So when we think about looking for open doors and praying for open doors with people, there are several steps in, in most people's lives that, that lead up to a time when they respond by faith and they, they accept Christ in their life personally. There, there's usually a lot of steps along the way. The studies show that six or seven touches are hearing the gospel six or seven times before they make that final, uh, that kind of that final decision. And so how can you encourage someone to take a step? A significant step on the journey. Maybe it's, it, maybe it's you encourage them by, by taking the step of just having a spiritual conversation and just kind of talking with you, and that's an important step. Or maybe it's you, you help, them by, help them take the step of, of getting into the Bible and showing them some things about uh, God's Word, encourage them to read the Bible, and they take that step. Or maybe you, you encourage them to come to church, and they take the step of beginning to come to worship or come to a Bible study or a class like Alpha that explores some of the, some of the questions of, of faith and, and helps to to, to open up and answer some of those uh, kind of questions. And of course, the step of accepting Christ as their personal Savior. A step of faith in, as, a, as you grow as a disciple. Baptism is an important part of that. And so encouraging uh, someone to be baptized. So small, meaningful steps storytellers encourage. Now, a couple things final as we wrap up. If you're here today, this weekend... And you're not a Christ follower, you're not a Christian, then you are the Ethiopian eunuch in this story. That's you. And just like God went to great lengths to send Philip so that he could hear, God has gone to great lengths so that you could hear. God loves you, you matter to him, you're an individual, and he wants to solve the sin problem that you have, and it can only be solved through the person of Jesus Christ. So will you accept the sacrifice that Christ has made when he paid the penalty for your sins? And if you'd like to talk to somebody about that, please, I would encourage you to start that journey and start following like this Ethiopian eunuch did, following uh, Jesus. And I want you to notice what the final verse says that we were looking at. It says that he went away rejoicing. He still had issues. He still had a, a thousand mile trip to, to get to work. He still was going to work in, in what have been the godless court of, of the queen of the Ethiopians. And so there's all kind of issues, I'm sure, surrounding all of that. And still the guy was castrated. We won't get into all the problems that come along with that uh, is particular issue. But what does it say? He had all that stuff that still was going on, but it says he goes away rejoicing. Jesus Christ makes a difference in your life. And he will make a difference in yours if you'll let him. Now, First Church, God is calling us to accept this call of uh, being a storyteller, this this mission of being a storyteller, to take the good news into the world, to be his witnesses into a world that needs his love and to know about his grace. And it's not about winning arguments. It's about, it's about loving people, about listening to God and listening to people, praying for them, looking for open doors to, uh, to share our story and to share the story of Jesus, of helping people to take small steps, but steps toward the Savior. That's what we've been called to do. Will you join me in that? There's no greater thrill than allowing God to use you to make someone's eternity different. God loves people. God uses people to reach 
people. God uses people to save people. And God is calling you to be a storyteller.